You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 210. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much as always for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is the audio fitness app. It's that app on my phone that I use whenever I want to get a really good workout and do things that challenge me more than I would normally do on my own. So if you are looking to basically change up your workouts, have a coach in your ear, or listen to awesome playlists at the same time, or all of the above, please check out Aptive and see why I love it so much and see if it's a fit for you too. All you have to do is go over to aptive.com, that's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Click on the sign up button and enter the code the lively show, all caps, all one word, and then go over on your phone and download the app so you'll get that free 30-day trial to see if you like it as much as I do. Now let's move on. Today I'm in Ubud. Sorry for the mispronunciation. I'm probably saying it wrong even still, but I know in the last few episodes, as I've been sharing where it is, I have just kind of keep saying the you like an American you versus the Balinese you, but anyways, long story there. This episode is actually based on what happened in the first, I would say, 48 hours or so of my time here in Bali. I expected in the land of smoothies, yoga, ecstatic dance, flowers, and all things beautiful that I was going to have this beautiful flowing time. And I'd heard tales of the fact that this spiritual place can also stir up a lot of things that need clearing emotionally or energetically for people. And I am going to be honest. I really hope that I didn't have to deal with that kind of thing in my own life, but as fate would have it, those first 48 hours proved otherwise. A simple little experience triggered something in me around loneliness and anger, and that is what I am sharing with you in this episode. This is one of those flashes of insight episodes. This is something that I just turn on the mic to share with you guys in real time before it had been finished, if you will. I wanted to capture the feelings and the experience I was having very quickly after the experience happened, rather than letting it cool and simmer and then kind of have it be this thing that kind of felt stale when I finally relayed it back to you. Now, when it happened was a few weeks ago. So by this point that you're listening, it's something that happened in my past, but I wanted to capture, like I said, the emotion and energy of that experience for you right away. Let's go to the show. Hey guys, welcome to this interesting episode of the show. I am enjoying these kind of little impromptu, I wouldn't call them outbursts, but strokes of inspiration maybe, or just the feeling like I want to capture this while it's happening in real time. It's interesting, here I am in Ubud. I'm still learning how to say that right, so give me a little bit more time to get that down Ubud, Bali. And it's kind of funny, you know, I'm about to hit the one year anniversary of my travels. And here I am in Bali, which is in the same town, actually, that Liz Gilbert finished her Eat, Pray, Love adventure. And and it's funny on Instagram, as I've been in Bali, I've started to see a lot of comments about people saying, you know, look at the correlation between what you've done and Liz Gilbert. And as you guys know, this was totally not my plan. Initially, when I set out On my journey last May, I was planning on going just for two months to Europe and then coming back. And here I am almost one year later. And 
I'm in Bali of all places, and I had no intention of ever coming to Bali. Yet a few weeks ago, I had a friend who I actually just met her while I was at dinner with another friend, Amanda. And as he said, hey, I'm going to Bali. I love it. And all of a sudden, I got this itch and this urge for the first time to come. Not even thinking about the weirdly coincidental timing of it kind of aligning around the time that Liz Gilbert had done the end of her year adventure after going through an interesting transformation, relationship shift, etc., etc. So here I am, and yeah, whatever is going on, I don't know, I'm just flowing, but it flowed me here, and what was interesting, this is what I want to share about, is what happened once I got here. So I have, as you guys know, kind of been looking forward to having a partnership and a partner to travel the world with, set roots with, just to enjoy life with in general, and finding that Ever since Melbourne, I've had some bouts of loneliness come up more intensely than in other points of the journey. And I've seen myself try to travel a little slower, carry a bigger suitcase. I'm starting to want to buy things for a future home that I don't actually have right now, etc. So I can see that I'm starting to nest. I'm starting to go a little slower and I can sense there's some type of shift happening You know, it's kind of maybe like a butterfly coming out of the chrysalis and coming out of that cocoon. It's that transition period that's kind of like uncomfortable and I don't see the light yet. I'm still probably in the darkness of that chrysalis at the moment and I I don't know what it's going to be like and everything, but I'm in this transition period. And as you listen to this, by the time you get to this, this is probably going to be a few weeks later. So this will be old news in my own life and personal journey. But like I said, I wanted to capture this for you guys now in real time. So you're hearing me share it from a fresh place, even though by the time you actually hear it, I'll have moved on and probably be feeling fantastic. So this loneliness has been coming up and I've been learning how to have awareness for it, compassion for it, face it instead of avoid it. And I've also recognized that this is my thing that has been coming up for me. And it's interesting because I see a correlation as I've been reading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer between this loneliness in how I've been approaching it and how some people approach the fear that they feel around uncertainty in their careers. So oftentimes people have this fear of the unknown that comes with taking a leap in their career, whether that's to be self-employed or to take a new job or to go for a period without a job, in between jobs, etc. I, of course, because I've probably just been self-employed my entire career, have just been used to that uncertainty. So that doesn't shake me. However, this loneliness thing is an avenue for me to have true compassion and empathy for those that are having that career fear. So maybe you're not experiencing right now any loneliness in your life. Heck, you might actually be craving some alone time from your family, friends, children, etc. I'm not sure where you're at, but if you have that career loneliness or some other aspect, I can say I can have so much empathy and understanding of the desire to protect against feeling those feelings of fear around the career through this fear of feeling lonely. So as I have been addressing that and looking at that and recognizing, as Michael Singer says in his book, not to protect against it, not to try to create a life that avoids loneliness, 
because that is kind of my first tendency. And often with career two, we can tend to try to either stay in a job that we don't like for longer out of the fear or just avoid that next step that our intuition may be calling us to. Well, for me in this loneliness period, it's very tempting to want to constantly be around people or to keep dating, dating, dating as much as I can, or just to try to avoid being lonely in any way possible. Instead, I've been trying to open up to that and just let it be here as a thing in the universe, just like a book is a thing in the universe, or this pillow on the bed is a thing in the universe, or my body is a thing in the universe, your cat is a thing in the universe. So is loneliness, and so is fear of career. They're just things. Instead of things we could protect ourselves against, what if we just look at them as things to be experienced, just like a book, a TV show, a movie, joy, blowing out the birthday candles on a cake, etc. They're just things. It's the story we tell around them that makes us so scared and frustrated and avoidant and all of those things that are really dramatic. Okay, so this is my realization from Sydney. Then I get to Bali, and in my head, I kind of had this expectation, and in many ways, it's so true. Here in Bali, oh my goodness, it is Mecca for smoothie bowls and acai and vegans and yoga and ecstatic dance and all these wonderful things. And so as I was coming to this yoga mecca retreat, wonderful place to be, I was totally not planning on dating. I was just excited to go into yoga and to massages and just focusing on awareness at home, et cetera. So that was my big focus as I got here. But lo and behold, I am on the dating apps or I use the dating apps every now and then. I typically like to just stay off of them until I have a little message or ping that comes up that says, hey, you've been super liked etc. So as I got here pretty early on, I got one of those little messages and I popped on the app and then saw that there's this person who is a traveler from the Midwest and all these things that we seem to have in common. So all of a sudden I went from, I'm going to go to, you know, my smoothies every day and my massage and my yoga classes with the girls to, there could be a person here that could be a lot of the data that I am looking for. What if this is the person? Or what if this is not the person, but it just represents a lot of the things that I like? All of a sudden, dealing with that potential, let's see, dating, potential partnership, or potential disappointment that it's not the right partner triggered so much. And I've heard that Bali is triggering in and of itself, that this area in Ubud is, as a spiritual energy space, something that can be very triggering for people. I'll be honest, I was deep down secretly like, I hope that's not me. I hope I don't have that. I hope I don't have anything I need to clear, which is silly because it's just pride, right? If there's something to be cleared, let's clear it out, right? But I was still hoping that maybe I wouldn't have to go through anything difficult while I was here. But this experience within maybe the first six to 10 hours of being here triggered a lot for me. By the way, I have not even met this person yet. That's the hilarious thing. That's why I'm sharing this with you guys now because it's so interesting to see what's happened just from the potential and the story that I told in my head from that. So all of a sudden, this loneliness thing reared its ugly head before I wasn't feeling this loneliness at the moment of indecision of coming to Bali because I thought, here I am, I'm gonna focus on all these things and I'm going to 
basically, I think, distract myself from the loneliness. If I'm to really look at it, honestly, I think I was hoping to come here. Instead of staying in Sydney, I felt called to come and I felt really excited and it flowed. So that was great. But I think at the same time, my ego is hoping that by distracting myself with smoothie land yoga, massage, etc., and not dating that I wouldn't feel the loneliness because I wouldn't have the expectation of the partnership being here or not being here, etc. But the minute that I find someone who potentially meeting them could trigger that loneliness or that potential or the disappointment that it's not here yet, all that stuff stirred up so much of that mucky loneliness. Now here I was for the last, I would say, 48 hours, maybe first two days sitting in that. And I realized it had nothing to do with this guy. This is just, he represented and really just became this trigger for me. So here I am then really irrationally dealing with this loneliness feeling all over again. I haven't even met this guy. This actually could be potential. I mean, the odds are, you know, who knows what this will be, but it may not be the person, but just recognizing that there's this potential, stirs up all this this muck. So there I am sitting in it, projecting what potential outcomes could be within this scenario and all of this sort of stuff. And at the same time, I've been feeling this feeling of lack of control personally, because I do feel like the universe is in charge of this. I do feel like I'm attracting this versus trying to effort my way into this next partnership. I'm not trying to effort. I'm trying to attract. I'm trying to receive. I'm trying to flow to this experience of partnership. And that often can feel kind of helplessness is a is a feeling or this loneliness feels very helpless because I'm I'm really surrendering as much as I can to this fact that I want this to come from the universe. I want this to be this aligned experience. I don't want to sit there and, you know, kind of make a bracket out of this, date a bunch of guys and then kind of like weed them out until I get the best possible potential person given these 12 guys that I've dated. You know, I'm not really looking for that. I'm looking for knowing. I'm looking for that alignment. I'm looking for that clicking that I have in my career that I didn't even know you could have in a partnership for a long time, but now I realized you can and that's what I'm looking for. That's when I am going to stop this journey. And maybe this journey won't even stop. I love the travel. So it's not like I'm waiting and just, you know, saying I just need to meet the partner. I'm just really excited to meet that partner and make our decisions for next steps together, to be honest. And in the meantime, I'm just flowing from thing to thing. But part of me is like, when's it happening? Because otherwise, this is kind of feeling a little bit unending. And like I've said, lonely at times. Often I'm not alone, but there is this feeling of loneliness or readiness for this next step. And the emotion around that typically feels sad and kind of depressed, not clinically depressed, but just kind of like a lack of energy. So that's where I was and found myself for the last 36, 48 hours. But there is a silver lining and that's why I'm having this episode specifically is because what has been so awesome is realizing that there is an emotional scale. You guys have heard me touch on it in a few different episodes across the year in the past, I would say, yeah, like the last 12 months, you've heard me talk about the emotional scale and how it goes from things like the lowest being that real low energy, that really like no energy at all, depression feeling, to other energies like depression, to sadness, to sorrow, to grief, to 
anger, to frustration, to annoyance, to neutrality or boredom, to hopefulness, to optimism, to believe, faith, then to joy, love, peace, and you know, all of those positive things up at the top. So depression's one of the lowest and it has very little energy. And anger is actually an interesting emotion. And I typically try to bypass that emotion. I see it as something that doesn't really solve anything at all. So there's no real point in having it. At the same time, I found myself over and over this year realizing that anger is something that I try to avoid, but actually often keeps me trapped in the lower levels of emotion below anger and that no energy state. When I get trapped there, it's actually moving through the anger, not staying stuck in there, but actually moving through it that allows me to get up into the higher vibrations. I often want to leapfrog it. I want to skip from depression to joy in one heartbeat. Thank you very much. Can I get an amen for that? Is anyone else like that? Is anyone else ever stuck in this really low place and they just want to get up to that high flying disc? They want to get up to that alignment immediately. Well, I'm right there with you and I feel you. I understand. But here's what I found. I actually had a period of being out of alignment pretty substantially for several weeks back in January or February. And when I was in it, I eventually kept avoiding, avoiding, avoiding anger. And then lashed out when I was triggered by a friend who did something that I didn't love. And instead of reacting in an appropriate way to the situation, it triggered all of this other anger I was stuffing down and refusing to feel. It went out at her. Now that is terrible. Like it's not something I want to do. I don't want to lash out at someone else. And in this situation, in this loneliness bout that I've had recently and trying to just accept it, be here with it, not fight it, not protect against it. I've been stuck still emotionally at this kind of helplessness of depression. Well, not anymore. Yesterday, I realized really the thing that felt like relief, this is something Abraham Hicks says all the time, go for what feels like relief. Yesterday, after I had this, you know, dating scenario trigger all of these loneliness emotions, then I was like frustrated about having all of them and being back in that loneliness when I wasn't feeling that way when I arrived. Instead of staying stuck at depression, I allowed myself to tap into the anger, the anger of being lonely. Now, it's so funny because often I think of loneliness as like this little gray cloud hovering over someone and their head is down. I'm actually kind of thinking of like some weird like headspace style animated GIF cartoon person walking around with this loneliness. And there's kind of this depressed feeling around that word and that experience for me. So yesterday, I realized what felt like relief was actually getting angry about the fact that here I am almost a year into this traveling alone, still alone. I got angry about being alone. And what I did was I, first of all, had the awareness that that felt better than staying in this feeling of, woe is me, when is it going to change? When is this stuckness going to go away? So I talked to my friend, Polly. She is in Ibiza, Spain. So we talked on the phone. It was my evening time for her, her breakfast time over there. And 
She just let me rant about the fact that I was angry about being alone. Now, this is so mind-breaking and liberating and so cool for me. You may be totally cool and comfortable with anger as an emotion, but for me, it's been something that I've tried to avoid. I have a family member who is very prone to anger, and it's one of their most used emotions. And for me, I just, because of that, I think I have these associations with how that person deals with their anger that makes me want to avoid it to be completely honest. And just to get angry about being alone, it felt so almost funny too. Like that's just not what I think of. When I think of loneliness, I think of that depression. So I lashed out in a appropriate and safe way. I told my friend Polly, I was like, look, this is how I'm feeling. I have no interest in you taking on this at all. I don't want your emotional state to actually be absorbing any of this. I just want to be in a safe place where I can share what I'm feeling. You can just be there for me, just to be there for me. That's it. I could have done it alone, by the way, but it felt really nice to do it with a friend. Tell her, hey, look, this has nothing to do with you. This is nothing to do with how I want you to feel. I don't want you to have to commiserate with me. I don't want anything other than the ability for you to just allow me to release this. So I did. I got angry, but it was so funny actually allowing myself to even just be angry about loneliness before I was triggered by something was so awesome because it wasn't like it was at level 10. It was like at a level four. And that's so great. It didn't have to brew and brew and brew into this terrible lashing out. It was actually kind of funny. It was a lot of swearing and there was a lot of just repetition of different ideas that I just was refusing to feel in the past. And like I said, normally I try to just stay away from anger, but she had a really great analogy for me. Polly said, you know, it's kind of like you wanna go to the beach and right now you're inland and you have to go through a village. You have to drive through this village to get there and you don't wanna go through the village so you refuse to go to the beach. And for me, the releasing of this loneliness or just the accepting or getting to a better emotional place about it meant that I needed to go through that village. So it took maybe five, 10 minutes of ranting with her. And like I said, because I wasn't actually triggered, because I wasn't making this a story about someone else, because I knew this was just my anger about my experience of loneliness. This wasn't a big story about what so-and-so did. It wasn't about the guy that I haven't even met yet. Like all those things are totally relevant. This is just about me this experience that is something in the universe and my emotion around that thing in the universe at that moment in time. Releasing it felt awesome. It didn't take a story. It didn't take me making someone else at fault. It was incredible. And then I talked to a friend as we went to dinner later that night and I said, hey, this is what I did. She's like, that's great. And it was so liberating to say, yeah, I have anger around loneliness. That's okay. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, I have moved far past this because I already feel past it in many ways. But at the same time, if it comes back up, that's okay. I can have anger around loneliness. It's okay. And it doesn't mean I stay stuck. It's just the village. It's just a part of the walk. When she told me the story of this village and the sea analogy, the first thing I thought about was I've been staying in Potts Point in Sydney and I love walking every day to the coffee shop between Potts Point and Darlinghurst. And in order to get there, I'd have to walk through King's Cross. Now, Australians will know, or people from Sydney will know what I'm talking about with this, the neighborhoods you have to walk through. Well, 
it's really interesting the way that the neighborhoods are laid out in this area of Sydney. So Potts Point is beautiful. The Rush Cutters Bay is over there, Elizabeth Bay too. There's this beautiful, very affluent area that has a lot of beautiful shops and boutiques, etc. That's where I've been staying. But in order for me to get to Darlinghurst, which is a little more edgy, a little more hipster, and it has really cool coffee shop that I love called Edition Coffee Roasters, I loved going over there, but I'd have to walk through King's Cross. Now, King's Cross is a really big hub. It has a train station as well, and it is also the place for strip clubs and that type of thing. There's a lot of backpacking, and I think there, yeah, there's just definitely a lot of strip clubs and that kind of energy there. So very different than Darlinghurst and very different than Potts Point, but you have to walk through it to get to the other side. So for every day, I'd have to walk through King's Cross to get back to my Airbnb or to go from my Airbnb to the coffee shop. And if I refuse, this analogy with this whole loneliness thing is to say, I had to go through King's Cross. Now, I never had a story in my head as I walked through King's Cross saying, oh, this is bad or I don't want to walk through this. This is too seedy or anything for me. I just walked through it. I didn't have a story around it being bad, but I did have a story around anger being bad and it was the equivalent. I didn't want to walk from Potts Point to Darlinghurst in my own head. I didn't want to go from feeling worse to feeling better because King's Cross represented anger to me and I just did not want to deal with it. But having just gone through it instead of making a story about it, instead of saying this is bad, instead of saying this is law of attraction, here I am going to stay stuck in it. I just recognized the only way out was through. I needed in order to float up to my alignment just to get through it. And there is energy and anger. Now, I don't think that it's useful to act it out on anyone else. I don't think anger is very useful to lash out at anyone in your life. I don't think it's useful to create change in anyone else's life. I have no interest in using anger to affect change in another person. However, releasing anger within myself about something that was within myself, I find extremely amazing. It wasn't about getting triggered and then blaming it on the person that was on the dating app or on anyone else. It was just about me and this experience I was avoiding and now I'm not. So I hope that this is useful for anyone out there that may too feel like anger's bad. I think it's not, especially not when you don't use it and you don't make a story about it having to do with anyone else. It's so great because everyone can sit there and listen to you if you need, or not everyone, right? Find someone that can handle this, someone that won't take this on themselves because I have no interest in spreading anger to other people. And it was funny, my friend Polly said she never laughed so much when she saw someone angry because as I was doing it, there wasn't this attachment to latching it on to another human that made it so refreshing. And again, she felt fine. She knew it had nothing to do with her. It was nothing to do with anyone else. And it went through, it passed. It was like a little storm that came up and it looked really foreboding on the forecast, but when it actually hit, it wasn't that bad. Then it passed through. Then I can still say it with you. I can share it with you. That's so fun. It's actually kind of funny to talk about being angry about being lonely. 
I just love the contrast of that. And it's so liberating. And it's just a thing. It's just King's Cross. It's not a big deal. It's not bad. King's Cross is not bad. Neither is anger. This is just a part of the human experience. And I think I've just had the story and association with so many people that lash out and hurt other people when they're angry, that they take it out on other people when they're angry, that is not useful. That is not good. But the actual anger itself is neutral. It's okay. It's transformative. It's a part of the emotional scale. It is actually just like loneliness, just like a book, just like blowing out the birthday candles, just like this backpack in this room, just like this box of tissues. It's just a thing, but it's so often used to hurt other people that we try to avoid it altogether. We try to do that spiritual bypass. Well, it doesn't need to be bypassed if we're not projecting it on anyone else. We can be angry about something without being angry at someone That I think is the biggest thing that I've learned is that it is totally neutral and totally kind of, I wouldn't say positive, but but just an experience that isn't to be feared or avoided. It's just to be there as it is in the universe and then moved on from. It's just the village on the way to the sea. It's just the King's Cross on the way to Darlinghurst. No big deal. All is well. It'll pass. And especially isn't it wonderful to not lash out, to not make it a story about another person or to recognize with awareness that just because this person showed up in my life and then has triggered all of these things in me, it has nothing to do with that person. I should thank that person internally, obviously not externally, for helping me clear this energy because otherwise I was going to stay stuck in the muck. I was going to stay stuck lower at that kind of helpless energy of negativity, that sorrow, that fear, that worry, that frustration, that, not the frustration, frustrations, I would say a little higher up than anger. So that depression, that loneliness, all of that is no energy. At least anger has transformation. It has energy around it, but then you can take that energy and move energy into a higher positive place. So yeah, I hope that helps you, especially if you're like me, like I said, that you maybe have had other experiences of anger being projected at people, so you you try to avoid it altogether. Recognize that if it's not being projected at anyone, it's totally a neutral experience. It's not hurting anyone. Your friends can sit there and let you vent if needed if you want to do it with a friend, and they can laugh at times if it's needed. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. It's just something to be experienced and passed through. So I hope that helps you. And yeah, let me know if this one hits home for you in any ways. I'm very, very curious. And as I said, you guys are going to be hearing this after this is well passed out of hopefully my system. But yeah, I hope that this is useful for you as as much as it is for me. It's so wonderful to be able to share this story with you guys real time, especially as you guys know, I'm into this law of attraction and this awareness about energy and flow and trying to create the best outcomes possible by knowing that high frequency is where those outcomes really unfold for us. Well, here's a way to get there that involves anger as a stepping stone, a passing through point from a really low energy to the positive ones. This is just 
just a part of it and it's actually higher on the emotional scale than the depression, than the non-action, than the non-energy. This one has energy around it and now I feel much more optimistic and liberated through the transformation that came from accessing this emotion within myself in order to release it. I hope that helps you guys. I love you and I'll see you on the show soon. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to find me over on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Coffee Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash anger and loneliness. Before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to take a minute to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software that I love. Yes, I said the word love and bookkeeping software in the same sentence. I love doing my invoicing. I love tracking my expenses and I love being able to go in and make reports super simply. That's because FreshBooks has made their interface so user-friendly and so intuitive that the minute you get in there, you feel like you're home. If you wanna see what I am talking about, please go over to freshbooks.com slash lively and see if you like this as much as I do. I hope you do. I've been using it since 2012, so I'm five years in and I am still going strong. And now for where I'm headed to next, I am likely staying here in Ubud, so stay tuned on Instagram for any updates in case I change that plan. But at this point, the plan is to stay here for a week or two longer. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today.